get ready. Welcome to the Two Metal Fans Podcast, where we talk about metal and non-metal and things about life and things that don't matter, so get used to it. We're gonna talk your face off. Welcome back, everybody, to the Two Metal Fans Podcast. It's your host, Logan, and across the table from me today, I have the beautiful... Bag of combos. There are two beautiful bags of combos. One's pizzeria with pretzel shell, and one is pepperoni pizza cracker shell. Which is better? The insides of the pizzeria are way better than the insides of the pepperoni, but I prefer the cracker of the pretzel. That's a hot take. Add it to the playlist. (laughs) (laughs) No. But uh, what have you been up to lately, man? I mean, you know, just thriving, trying to live life, play some video games, and make it through the day. Man, it's been a little while since we recorded. Kind of too long, to be honest with you. It's because we did our last episode early. No, we skipped a week. Did we? Yeah. We didn't have an episode last week. What did we do last week? Well, I was at your house all weekend, and then by the end of it, we just were burnt out. You're right. We were going to record on Monday. We were going to record on Monday, and we were just like, we're not feeling too great. And also, we just, like, we couldn't come up with a topic in time. Like we we had fit. ideas for topics, but we didn't have enough time to prep said yeah, topics. You can't fit a week worth of prep into a Monday night. Right. And especially not with the attitude we were having. No, we were already like, dude, we want to do nothing. But you know what we did instead? We beat Bug Snacks. We finished Bug Snacks. Which didn't end like I thought it was going to. Not at all. But I, great game. I, I would recommend it to anybody. It's kind of like Pokemon Snap, but mm. like open world 3D and more drugs. Yeah, and a ton of weird dialogue. Like, the dialogue with all the characters is Mm -hmm. just wacky and wholesome, I would say, Mm -hmm. in a way that, I don't know, you have the fun action of, like, snapping photos and whatnot of the bug snacks, and then you just have the weird encounters with the people. Mix them together, great game, but it's got its flaws. It's it's clunky. Yeah, I'd give it an 8 out of 10. It's a pretty good score. Mm. But, uh... So new releases, music-wise, because I have no idea what's been released video game-wise, but music-wise... Oh, I, I have a new release video game-wise. Well, yeah? It's called Loop Hero. Loop Hero. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard of it. It's a new roguelike. Ah, uh, you love your roguelikes. Tower Defense, Deck Builder, Idler, an RPG game. Sounds fucking awful. It's it's great. Hmm. It's it's, it's kind of like Diablo, because you got to like grind for gear and loot every... I don't know. It's pretty funny. It's twelve dollars on Steam. Huh. It's great. I'm Interesting. Did you see that CS:GO was taken off of Steam? No. I don't. I so I didn't personally look, but I saw a lot of people talking about it. Apparently, CS:GO was taken off of Steam, and then people were like, "Oh my God, CS:GO two is going to be coming out soon." You can validate that for me or not. I just saw people talking about it. <laughs> huh. Midnight, March 9th, CS:GO was removed from the Steam store. A couple of games were removed at the same time. All the DLC packs from Fallout New Vegas included. Whoa. They were they every all of them disappeared at the exact same time, and then they were appeared a little over two hours later. Oh, uh, so they're back in. Um. The, there was a tweet by the CS:GO, uh, Twitter account, that 
was just making fun of the situation, so it was probably an accident. Yeah, a happy accident. Especially at the Fallout New Vegas DLC, we're all included, which is just a little weird. But it looked like there was no dip in CSGO players. Because hmm. everybody who plays the game probably already has it. That's so. true. No, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Also, video game fun fact, Bethesda and Microsoft have officially joined. Which And there's official confirmation that certain Bethesda games will be exclusive to Xbox and or PC. Which is kind of funny that it's both, because like whether you, even if you're a PlayStation user, you could most likely play if, as long as you have a PC, which I don't know how common that is, but... I mean, it makes sense. They're, they're really pushing the, the Xbox experience on PC, but not necessarily Steam. Right, so it would be on the Microsoft Store or whatever it is. Or their like Xbox launcher. Yeah, which... I mean, it's not bad, but I, I'd try to stay away from it. Yeah, like the whole fragmentation of like the gaming market on PC is another. We could we could talk about. I could talk about that for an episode. To be honest, like going through high school, I was all like console, 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 because that's really where I fell in love with video mm-hmm. games. And then like in college, I was like, man, I want a PC. I want to be able to have all my games in one place. Now, I'm kind of back on the console train. Totally different subject and totally different topic, but like. For some reason, I just really enjoy that sit-down controller feel and everything in one place, easy to do without all that added bloat that a PC brings. Yeah, I I think a lot of the time, like, the only reason I have a console is for the exclusives. Um, Oh, yeah. Well, no, but yeah. But there are certain games that I think are better enjoyed laid back with a controller, and that that can be hard on a PC. Like, to... Because normally if you have a PC, you have a very unique setup to it. Yeah. Like you're sitting at a desk, keyboard and mouse, like that's not portable. Right. So if you plug in a controller, you're still kind of tethered to your desk. Mm-hmm. And like you could Steam link it, but then you got to do it with like latency. So yeah, there, there's definitely reasons to play it on a console, even if it's a not as graphically intense experience or whatever. Like right. I can totally see that point. For me, it's, it's all come down to... Is am I playing competitively? PC. Am I not playing competitively? Console. Simple as that. Yeah, for me it's like multiplayer games, PC. Single player games that are meant to look nice, PC. Mm. Everything else console. You're so lame. <laughs> but some new singles that came out. First one I want to mention, non metal Silk Sonic, which is Bruno Mars and Anderson Pac teaming together they're gonna put out an album they put out a single leave the door open it was pretty tight i love bruno mars uh dal av who put out a album already this year put out a new single called into the fray Hmm. i haven't listened to it so no idea and escape the fate put out a new single unbreakable also haven't listened to it but that's like two or three singles now so they probably put an album out soon Mm, i mean vela maya has two or three singles out over the course of two or three years and there's no album from them we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but more importantly are some albums that came out. First off, Brand of Sacrifice finally released Lifeblood. Have you had a chance to listen to that? Oh, yeah. It's massive. Yeah. Fun fact, their EP is my top listened to thing on Spotify. No way. By accident. The, what is that called? The Inner Inner Stits? Inner, what is it called? Yeah, I, don't, I don't really remember. I didn't listen to it that much. But so what had happened was I listened to it on uh, Friday in the morning mm-hmm. and I finished the album once took off my headphones but they were still plugged into my computer and then 
the rest of the day Friday, all day Saturday, and Sunday, until I logged in Monday morning. The album was on repeat. And since it was kind of short, all of those songs got a lot of playtime 24-7 for a weekend. That's incredible. And they ruined my my Spotify stats. I bet they did. I bet Brandon Sacrifice loved that. It probably made them like 12 cents. (laughs) That's, yeah. That's sad, but... But yeah, fun fact. That is pretty funny. I remember we listened to them on the review a long time ago when we first started it, and they were like, they were aight. We both thought it was really good, but it was lacking something, and they right. seemed to have figured out what it was lacking. <laughs> they sure did. I, I'm not going to talk too much because I don't know if we're going to review this one or not, but it is massive. They've got like seven features in it, and that's always a ton of fun. People are comparing it to Immortal Shores. Uh, Immortal Shores? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Lorna Wait, Shores. Immortal. <laughs> I want you to like finish that as if. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Immortal Shores Lorna. <laughs> no, no, no. Lorna Shores Immortal. That's pretty big, like, comparison there. So we'll see We'll see how it... For me, I've listened to it a couple times. I, it's not hitting that high for me yet, but I do think it's such a massive album that it's going to take, like, five, six, seven listens before I actually know what I feel about it. So I gave it three and a half listens, mm. and my take is I don't like it as much as Immortal, mm-hmm. but it does things that Immortal doesn't. So, one, I don't think that's a fair comparison. I see why people are saying that. But I don't think it's a fair comparison. I think it does some... I think it fills its own niche mm-hmm. and doesn't seem to copy. Like, it doesn't seem to be a carbon copy of anything. It does its own things and does them very well. So, go listen to it. Oh, definitely. And if you liked L- Immortal Shores Lorna, <laughs> you were probably on drugs because that's not an album. But you'll, you'll definitely like this one. Yeah, it's in the same vein. It has that like uh, orchestral epic deathcore sound to it. I don't know. Go listen to it. Check it out. Wolf King released The Path of Wrath. Are you familiar with Wolf King? Mm-mm. I don't think many people are. They're pretty small. I believe they're a prosthetic band. Uh, you're trying really hard. I'm trying. I'm trying to think, make sure, but I, <laughs> there's just too much music that I try to pay attention to. But. It's like a black metal album, pretty solid from what I've listened to. A lot of people are praising it. Just not my cup of tea to be like, yeah, it's the best thing ever, but it's a solid album. Chevelle, that's how you say it, right? That's what I would say. Chevelle released Neurotis. To be honest with you, I'd never really listened to Chevelle before. I only knew their song Red. I, I actually, I did know that song, but other than that, I knew nothing. Saw people talking about this album, so I played it. It is great. Yeah, it like, is really great. really good really really good um i was blown away by it. it's like a what like a prog rock metal it's got a lot of weird things. i almost want to call it like a rock opera because it's definitely conceptual but it doesn't have a cast of characters it's not really opera though right. but i understand what you're saying like it's it's a very well contained concept album about like space yeah it feels it's... like a space cyberpunky I don't know it's epic though I got a lot of tool vibes from it too yes and extreme like, tool vibes I, I, I thought again never really listened to Chevelle I thought Chevelle was like alternative metal kind of like you know yeah which I believe they are but now they kind of seem very progressive metal yeah or progressive rock necessarily more so rock than but metal but it was really good 
it blew all of my expectations. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. And like I will listen to it multiple times in the future. Big recommend. I probably listened to it like three times the day it came out because once because I was kind of going through the new releases mm-hmm. and then I listened to that one. And I was like, oh, this is all I need for the rest of the day. <laughs> but fourth album to talk about is Immortal Shores Lorna. No, Lorna Shores Immortal got released instrumentally, mm-hmm. which is huge because if you don't know, the vocalist that was on the album did some really bad things, got called out for being a terrible person abusing women, so they kicked him out of the band. People still love the album because of that. Like they didn't instead of like a day to remember where they didn't kick the member out of the band and now everyone hates him. Lorna Shore kicked CJ out. Everyone still loves him, but now they released it instrumentally. And hey, good for them. They're probably gonna get even more listens because that album is so good. But I will say, despite everything that happened, CJ did a very good vocal performance on the album. His vocals were insane and really made the album what it was. Yep. I'm not going to deny that. Yep. It's it's tragic how everything went down, but... Props to the band for kicking him out because they probably knew that that was such yeah, a good pr- performance. Props to them for being very reactive about the whole thing and not just forgetting or like drowning out the noise. Right, being like, oh, it doesn't matter. He's such a great vocalist. We're mm-hmm. gonna yeah, good on them for that. Um, before we go into the album reviews, I want to do a small little topic on dreams for you really small really so do you remember your dreams when you wake up or sometimes do you dream like do you often because I literally never remember my dreams it, once a month maybe I'll remember like a small tidbit of my dreams but Veronica tends to remember them all the time hmm. so we got this book that is all about like recording your dreams so like it's like lucid dreaming not necessarily lucid dreaming, but say, like, you, what you're supposed to do is when you wake up, you write down everything that you were dreaming as soon as you wake up. Mm-hmm. And then you find, and you're supposed to look at it instead of, like, what the concept of your dream was, like, you were with this person going to this place, actually focus on what's in your dream, the items, the colors, this and that. And then this book is like a dictionary. So if, say, you have a Dalmatian in your dream, you would find Dalmatian in this book, and then it would tell you the meaning of that within a dream and it's some wild stuff apparently it's a way to quote unquote tell the future but kind of just kind of get an insight into your your subconscious I think that's really freaking cool so if you ever remember your dream text it to me and I'll tell you what it means I mean I think it's cool but who's to say everybody's dream meaning's the same you t- gotta take it for what it is but I mean, it's I, I, something to like look yeah, into yeah I, I think it would I think it'd be cool to like see what someone thinks it means. True. And, like, maybe someone thought there was a pattern that might not actually be there, but it'd be cool. But this person that wrote the book was analyzing dreams of all these people for years and years and years and finding all the similarities from the dreams and what was happening in their lives to this and this to put all this together. Pretty cool. I don't know. That person was a dreamer. They were very much a dreamer. They had a dream. (laughs) To write a book. Probably. I think everyone has to have a dream in order to write a book. It's very difficult to write a book. I can barely write a paragraph. No, you, they must have a nightmare <laughs> until it's over. <laughs> but as always, we are listening to albums on a five-day basis, giving a little reviews about them. First up this week is Ailstorm's, what's it called? Captain Morgan's Revenge. Jordan, why did you drop this in our review? I mean, it's pirate metal. What else do I have to say? You do love your pirate metal. 
I mean, the real reason is because I heard Fuck With An Anchor again, and I hadn't heard it for a while, and I'm like, all right, I should probably go listen to other Ailstorm songs. True, which is funny, though, because whenever you first put your review, you uh-huh. put your review for the album that Fucked With An Anchor is on, and mm-hmm. that's not Captain Morgan's Revenge. Right, because I think I meant to put that album. And you put <laughs> So you put the wrong album on the review? Which worked out really good, because I like this one better. Really? Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a fan. Well, you often don't like a lot of the stuff that I like. I'm not a fan at all. The more I like something... The less I like it. On average. Usually, yeah. I mean, definitely. And I wouldn't necessarily say that's true for the inverse. If you really like something, chances are I'll probably not not dislike it as much. You'll hate it at first, but then you'll grow to love it. Or if I just don't like it, my intensity of dislike doesn't usually match up with how much you... Like, I'm saying, I think, if there was an overlap, me to you is pretty good, but you to me seems to be a little farther in musical taste. That's fair. But that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I promise you, it's not because you like it that I dislike it. No, I truly I, dislike no, it. No, I, I know. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm not trying to make that point. <laughs> but what I want to say is, like, this band's one of a kind. They, if you like quote-unquote fun metal that's kind of goofy and weird this might be your cup of tea but for me so you don't like fun metal no you like no, bad I, metal. I, I do like fun metal but when it's done well <laughs> this was mediocre metal with pirate slang you said it was fun for some people <laughs> so the, no this is what i said they chant jolly and gritty pirate lore over run-of-the-mill metal music in a way that is fun theatrical and one of a kind so like if you take your second sentence, which is, that's what this one was, yeah. you would think you'd give it a pretty good review. You would think, but let's continue. The vocals are impressive in the fact that he is able to keep up the pirate accent for the entire time, but man, they're monotonous. I said that so bad. Monotonous in a terrible way. Where like, vocals, so now, now we're tanking on they the sound the same the whole time. That's not fun. You ever heard of pirates? It's boring. You ever heard of pirates? It's boring. Are you calling pirates boring? This pirate. Uh, but, 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 big, big but. There's a three-song run, Death Before the Mast, Terror on the High Seas, and Set Sail and Conquer, that the album is great. Those three songs were intense, they were good metal songs, and they were fun. Everything else around it was run-of-the-mill, boring metal with pirates. Um, yeah, for me, it, it just was boring. I didn't, the metal didn't grab me, the pirate didn't grab me, so I really was listening to just music the whole time, and I don't know, I gave it, what did I give it? A, a 6.5, bro. Yeah, I gave it a 6.5, and I said it's meh. I, I wouldn't say I dislike it, because I would listen to those three songs again, but how you rated this a 9, I will never understand. Wow, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, you're weird. <laughs> Alright, so I gave it a 9, I guess, I don't know, I guess I didn't write that one in there. You definitely wrote that. No, in you there. did it for me. I definitely did not do that. Okay, so I, I wasn't expecting this one to be as good as it was. Honestly, like I heard, like I said, I heard "fuck with an anchor." I go, "This is this is hilarious." I was just expecting a good time, nothing deeper. We didn't get it. I mean, I think I got my time and your time apparently. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, okay, so "Death Before the Mast" and "Terror on the High Seas" I think are so good because they kind of mimic Slayer. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it's very thrash metal and even like the guitar solos kind of seem to mimic Carrie King's. So. Hmm. Um, they even have a ballad song, Nancy the Tavern Wench. That was the name of the song? Yeah. I don't remember what 
yeah, the song Winches and Mead was awful. Oh, agreed. So that's, bad. That's the worst song on the album. And Flower of Scotland. No. Just so bad. But, like, they have a song called Nancy the Tavern Winch. And it's all about how good she is at being a tavern. <laughs> a tavern winch? Yeah. <laughs> she is a tavern. <laughs> but, like, there's a ballad, there's Slayer. They definitely sailed the high seas of metal genres here. They conquered them. But wouldn't say conquered. Well, I'm talking they, right they, now, <laughs> So you can shut your little trap. Or you'll be walking the plank, matey. Go swab the poop deck. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try not to say anything, but... <sighs> um, so I think... One thing that I really liked um, is I think I'm a fan of like non-traditional metal instruments getting added into metal. So there's there's a lot of like folky kind of instruments in here, like uh, accordions and I don't know what else. I don't know. It was What's the lutes? I don't know. Mm, that's a good one. A sit- sitars maybe. I, I I don't know. There's bongos. I I don't know what they're called. <laughs> I just know that they were the sounds were in here. They weren't normal metal music instrument sounds right so they were in here which was cool and then the guitar would often double up with what they're playing which was just really neat um i also thought it was cool that the vocalist retained an accent while he was singing because a lot of time an accent is lost when you sing i don't know if he just sounds like a pirate in real life or if he's putting on an accent for this well one one he doesn't really sing sing it's True. more of a a Angry talking? Yeah, it's more of talking with like some sort of melody behind it, which is gr- it, it works well because he does keep that accent. But I do think if he tried to truly sing, he would lose that accent. Um, I think the lyrical content is funny. Uh, I could anticipate 93% of the time when they sang a lyric, within the next five seconds, if they were going to say beer, ale, mead, etc. Like I just knew it was coming. So like, there's nothing special here in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. They're just fun. And since there's all these wide varieties of genres, you can, like, dance. You can mosh. You could probably even skank to some of this music, which is how you dance to ska music, if you didn't know that. Skank? Yeah. Ah. Learned that one in high school. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Or you can just, like, vibe to it. I don't know. I I, I even said it shouldn't blend this well, but it, it really does. So, right. It's not bad. Well, don't get, don't get me wrong. I don't I don't think it's bad. I just think it's not for me at all. Yeah. And I will say Winches and Mead is very skippable in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They took it too far in that one. But I think every other, like, I, I'm pretty sure, yeah. What every, hit you and was fun for you wasn't fun for me. And I didn't think that the music itself was good enough on its own. I, and so that's that's just all it is. All right, well. This came out February of 2008, by the way, so it is a little older of an album, but I it also sounds listened, pretty good. Well, like, did you listen to the 20th anniversary one? Yes, I did. I, uh, yeah, that would I don't know if then. it was re-recorded or not, but I... Wait, 20th anniversary? 28. There's no way. It came out in 2008. Was it 15-year anniversary? I thought no, it was I like think it, it must have been 10-year, right? I don't know. Maybe it was 10-year, and I'm just inflating it because I thought it was that good. I will say, though, that production was really definitely better than 2008 production. Uh, well, let me see. Yeah, it, it does, in fact, say 10th anniversary. I guess that was just... You're thinking of uh, Between the Bear and Me? Probably. I'm always thinking of Between also, the Bear and Me. Also, <laughs> I totally didn't realize it till today, this shirt. I have the Feed Me Fear shirt from yeah. the colors. 
is completely political. What do you mean? Well, first, Feed Me Fear, so, and it's a television screen for mm-hmm. those that can't see my chest right now, is a way of talking about, like, news and how they put fear out there and kind of, like, really, and that's huge in politics now. The rights, the right sleeve has... That's just your arm. Yeah, you can't see it. It's under my, my jacket or whatever you want to call this sweater. But the right sleeve is red lettering, and the left sleeve is blue lettering. Hmm. And they didn't have to use red and blue because they have a whole rainbow of colors to choose from on the front of the shirt. Left is blue, right is red. No way that's a coincidence. That is totally American politics right on the shirt. And it makes sense because feed me fear. I realized that today, and now I love this shirt even more. I mean, it, it do be being a good shirt. It do be. Next album on the review is Harakiri's For the Sky. Their album, Mayor, came out February 19th of 2021, so it's just now released. Um, it's a little babe. Shout out to... Uh, James, a.k.a. Kim Pyers on Twitter. Probably wouldn't have listened to this without him. I definitely wouldn't have listened to this without Constantly talking about it. Almost too much, James. Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, But uh, it's a post-rock black metal album. Those two genres are extremely different. Yeah, there's a lot of adjectives in there. Yet they fused them, and it worked. So, I'd never listened to this band before, and... The album itself really wasn't something I experienced before. I don't remember how many songs there were, but the album was over an hour, like an hour and ten something. It, I think it's the longest album we've reviewed. I think so too. It was the length of the album was actually probably, one hour twenty four minutes, ten songs. That's insane. The shortest song on the album is five minutes and twenty four seconds. Yeah, so the I'll tell, I'll talk about the bad things. The bad things about the album. It was too long. The hour and 20 minutes, just just too long. And I know not everyone's going to agree with that, but for me to have the attention span to listen to that for that long, it has to be either incredible music, the continuous, or I don't know. Yeah, it for an album to me. warrant that length, it either has to be just top of the line, can't get any better, or varied enough from song to song that it keeps it super interesting right and this didn't really meet either but that doesn't mean it was bad which is funny because like we're kind of making it sound bad like you said it didn't vary and you mentioned this that it kind of sounded like one hour and 20 minutes song because they did a really good job from start to finish making it all feel cohesive and like if you really listened of course they're starting stops for each song yeah but if you just like have it on and or just listening to it passively not super actively yeah, you're just you're gonna think it's one super long song, but it's really long, really long song. For me, the vocals were a little monotonous again, and that th- it didn't hurt this album as bad as for me as it hurt Elstorm's album because I felt like it kind of worked with the rest of the vibe of the music. But it's the whole time it's like the long droning music subtly adding more and more life as you go. Every riff is a little bit different, just bringing a little bit more to the table. And it kind of just feels like it's constantly building up while still keeping calm. So for me, it's like one of those albums that's just like pumping me up the entire time due to the subtle nature of it getting more and more intense at a slow rate. But it never got truly intense to where I was pumped up, But so I was still calm. It was a weird feeling yeah, to have. Yeah, I also noted that it feels incomplete in a way. Hmm. Where, like, 
while I'm listening to it, I can't find anything wrong with it. But then like, when, I, when I'm done listening to it, it's stuck in my mind in like an incomplete kind of sense. It's like there was never that final climax to release all the tension. Mm-hmm. There was never that big epic moment. It was just, I don't know, it was good. I can't tell you what was missing. It's just when I was done, I, I felt incomplete. I completely agree. For me, it was like this just really long, enchanting calmness that the album brought, which is, it was great, but also at the same time, missing things. My favorite song was I'm All About the Dusk, and I gave it a 8.5 out of 10, which is a pretty high rating because I do think it's it's an impressive album, even though there's parts that I don't like, and I'm sure if they would have fixed those things I disliked, this could have been like a 9 plus album for me. Yeah, I gave it an 8. Yeah. Nothing that bad, nothing that great. I would yeah. definitely check it out if you haven't listened to it yet. Oh, for sure. It's it's an experience. What is it? Harakiri for the Sky, Mare. I think they're... Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. I always do. It's like Swedish, I would say. They're definitely from like uh, Scandinavia. Jordan's going to look them up and they're going to be from like Ireland or something. Salzburg and Vienna. Austria. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh yeah, all, 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 not Australian, George. Very different. Don't be messing up your words. Austrian post black metal band. Hmm. I would definitely check them out. I did not know they were Austrian though. I really thought they were Scandinavian. Shame. Formed on by vocalist JJ and multi instrumentalist Matthias Solak. Very sorry, that was wrong, and That's I know an it. Awesome name, though. Formerly of the black metal band Bifrost. That sounds like a great black metal band. Bifrost. Name. That also sounds Scandinavian. Isn't Bifrost like a Norse mythology? Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that's the gate, the uh, the gateway into the. Uh, Isn't it Valhalla. like the? Isn't Bifrost like the the thing that happens to the world? We are butchered. Oh no! It looks like it is a bridge. Yeah, the Bifrost is the bridge into The Burning Valhalla. Rainbow Bridge that reaches Midgard and Asgard. Oh, not Valhalla. Okay, okay, yeah. So, have you seen Thor, like the Avenger movies? Yeah. yeah that yeah. huge bridge, yeah. that's, that is, uh, what is it called? Bifrost? Bifrost. I'm, Heimdall is the one that guards it. Mm. Yeah. Dude, North, Norse mythology is Pretty so cool. cool, but there's just so much to it that I don't know. Now that we've gone through all the tidbits of the episode, what's the meat and potatoes? I say that all the time, but I just love it. Meat and potatoes? I love the saying. Yeah, you didn't really... <laughs> neither of those two things are something I would associate with you liking. I do like potatoes, though. I'm now vegetarian, so I like meat, but I don't eat it. You oh. didn't used to like potatoes. I used to hate potatoes. I know. It's because whenever I was younger, um, probably around like four or five, because that's whenever my dad was living in a trailer, and... My dad had me and DJ, who mm-hmm. was our guest just recently over, and I think it was KFC, because it was right down the street, but it could have been somewhere else. We had mashed potatoes, and I tried them for the first time. Nope. It did not stay in my system. It was in the sink within seconds. And after that, potatoes, no. I could eat fries, because they really didn't taste or... You know what? I don't blame you anymore. You definitely picked not a great spot for your first mashed potato experience. Yeah, it was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but since, you know, life being vegan, potatoes are kind of important in a diet and when you need them. I love them now. 
mashed potatoes, I'm still a little skeptical. If they're too mashed, no. And, but if they're just kind of mashed, they're good. It's a texture thing. I don't like applesauce either. Or, like, grits. I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's all about the I texture. I disagree, but I understand the texture problem. Agree to disagree, then. But, you know what vegans probably also really like? Fruit. And fruit puns. Oh, I love fruit puns. Although, that's not to say the meat and potatoes in this episode is vegan, but... <laughs> so what is the meat and potatoes? It's a saying used to like say, oh my <laughs> god, oh my god. <laughs> Today we have another... Are you, are you done? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go for it. Alright, today is an artist spotlight of Buried Alive. No, not B-U-R-I-E-D Alive. Hey, get out of here with that good spelling. We're here for the puns and the fruit and the fruity puns. Buried Alive, as B-E-R-R-I-E-D in... B-E-R-R-I-E-D Alive. Yeah, that's right. It takes two people to spell it. So who's Buried Alive? Well, it's Charles, Caswell, Charles and Kaylee Caswell, husband and wife duo from Washington. Actually, Vancouver, Washington, which is like, if you don't know, a really small town, similar to the town we live in, right outside of Portland, Oregon, but it's in Washington. It's like just north of it. Um, yeah, I think their band camp says they're from Portland. Portland? I, yeah, I think so as well. And so, first off, who's Charles Caswell? He was the guitarist in... Ref- no, actually, he was the rhythm guitarist in Reflections from their inception until... I want to say he did two albums. I think he did uh, The Fantasy Effect, and then he did... Until he left. Exist. Yeah, until he left. And they were a Minnesota band. So I'm guessing... I don't know if he's from Minnesota and moved or what, but yeah. Buried Alive, technically origin in Vancouver, Washington. But it says 2009. That's what I found. But that seems like way long ago. And... Yeah, I mean, they're... The the earliest album I can find was recorded in 2012, according to Bandcamp. Right, but it says that he formed Buried Alive in 2009. So it says that Charles was in a band in 2009, aka Reflections, um, and he was trying to start like a side band. And so he asked Kaylee for a name, and they jokingly said Buried Alive as the pun. And they decided to keep it, which is great because what you're going to find out is not only is their name a pun, but almost every single song title and album title is a fruit pun. Mm-hmm. So if you like puns and you like fruit, these are the guys for you. Um, it says that at the very beginning, Buried Alive was a fully staffed band that did play mm. like live shows. Um, but this was at the same time he was in Reflections. So... They had an agreement that he would play in Reflections, and whenever they had to do live stuff for Buried Alive, they would help him out with that. So it was kind of like two-band thing, a little bit weird. Um, but he, then he put Buried Alive on hold to stay in Reflections and constantly tour and write music with them. Um, and then he, while in Reflections still, he hadn't left yet, he released that Snozberries EP, which is the first EP. Then in 2014, he left Reflections. Him and Kaylee, yeah, him and Kaylee, now are 100% buried alive since then. And are, I mean, they put out music like crazy. Just there's almost every time I have a release radar once a week, there's like an 80% chance there'll be a buried alive song in there. Pretty crazy. 
It is pretty crazy. So you want to start in the beginning and work your way up, or how do you want to tackle this one? I don't know. All right, great. We, th we thought about this one a lot, guys. No, yeah, no, we'll start from the beginning. So the first EP came out in 2012. That's the Snozberries EP. You can't find it on Spotify. You can find it on Bandcamp, and you can find the songs on YouTube. It's pretty snozzy, if you ask me. It is pretty snozzy. And, you know, I, I had actually never heard of it until listening for this episode, because for these episodes, we always go back and listen to the discography. I liked it. I didn't think it was his best, but I thought it was pretty darn good. It was, what, four songs? And for me, I, every single song, I heard a different Sumerian band influence in that song. Veil of Meyer influence, Periphery influence, After the Burial. And it kind of felt, it was great because I love those bands, but at the same time, it didn't feel like anything new. That's all I got to say about that one. Yeah, so I think Snozberries was okay. There was... I'd say this was like 98% not true Buried Alive. But that doesn't mean it was bad. Right. Kind of like how, if you look at Polyphia's initial EP, it is totally not what Polyphia sounds like now. But you like the there was like a hint, kind of like a little LaCroix aspect of the band was visible there. And in Snozberries... Charles just showcases his absolutely incredible guitar playing. Mm -hmm. And there's like very small snippets of the chaos that will come in all of his other releases that just keeps growing and growing into this like... So at this point, what would you consider Buried Alive or Charles? Like like if I just, just going off this EP? Yeah. Whatever you were consider, Bail of Maya, After the Burial, etc. So kind of like a... Um... genres are hard it's like a progressive metal but this is really guitar focused yeah. almost 100 percent. does a lot of solos does a lot of swankery but at this point nothing too outside of the box the yeah like i wouldn't listen to this and go oh my god like i do pretty much all of his other music right and then in 2015 he released the second ep selfishness extremely different this actually Still, I wouldn't say is his um, core style, but this was more of a style that he infuses throughout the rest of his albums here and there, and it's kind of like a emo, softer, droning, very ambient with tasteful guitar playing, and I believe he sings, which is... Yeah, it's very like dark and depressing lyrics. Yeah. Um, kind of like the guitar is there, but it's not the meat and potatoes. <laughs> it's not the meat and potatoes. It's um, really all about the ambience of the song yeah. and the singing, like, is in the foreground, just really pulling at you emotionally. Mm -hmm. Is what this style was. It might be my favorite style by him. I like. So, we'll, we'll get into it for sure. But I think the first three albums kind of set in motion three different styles of his guitar playing and like music writing and then all of the albums past them mix and match them in various ways and then we get a fourth one coming up later yeah he's got a lot of like chapters in his book of styles and they're all very unique to him yes which is incredible and he does something that they call it his glitchy style or something and you probably understand it better but he has like a switch on his guitar 
that as he plays, he'll, like, turn it off and on, and it'll make the guitar, like, stop playing and whatnot. Kill switch. Kill switch. And he does it in a way that isn't annoying. Yeah, most of the time, kill switches are just kind of, like, gimmicks to use in a song. Mm -hmm. Not a songwriting technique. And Charles is over here using kill switches, pitch shifting, dissonance, chromatic scales in like songwriting ways all over the place and like it's it's good and he does everything in-house like all of the recording he does at his home or if he has a home studio whatever and he produces it and he mixes it all himself and it's impressive it is impressive and since it all is like done himself a lot of people have called him out for i don't know if cheating is the right word but not playing his stuff to speed really yes and because for a while like if you look at the music videos they don't seem natural there's like they kind of sway back and forth it, the flow of time looks to be like it could have been sped up oh i don't pay that much attention okay and um whenever it was first called out i watched the videos again and i'm like it does kind of seem to be sped up but i think that's more for artistic style because now he'll post a lot of raw camera audio mm-hmm. and he plays this stuff like that's all i'm gonna say you know I loved him in Reflections. I saw him live, and he was only the rhythm guitarist, but he was just really good and solid and crisp at what he does. And even if he can't play this stuff to full speed, who the fuck cares? Go write ha- like go write one of his songs. Just make it happen in general. And if you could play that at 25% speed, you'd be a good guitarist. He's an incredible songwriter. There's a song where he literally takes his guitar, puts it in front of him, like holding it, he's sitting down, the guitar is on the ground. He uses his foot to hit the whammy bar while he's using both hands to play different notes in the neck. Like, one, <laughs> go write a song using that. Two, just try to play it at all. Like, I understand people thinking that not playing a song to speed is you're a bad guitarist. But even if he can't play the stuff to speed, he's still an incredible guitarist. He still writes the song completely. He's extremely creative in his writing and plays crisply whenever mm-hmm. he needs to play like I don't know I'm impressed by him like honestly if I had to think of like guitar influences for myself you know like a lot of a lot of the guitars that I listen to attribute like John Petrucci as an influence or something mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to throw Charles on my list of like influential guitarists for like how I wanna play cause I've never heard anything like him unique that's a good and like even Tom Morello was like the fuck's this guy doing? I saw that in like on Twitter or something. He like either retweeted or quote tweeted. Yeah, Charles. Yeah. So like, this is fresh fruit stuff here. <laughs> oh god. So after the Selfishness EP is where they put out the first album, 2016, Soul Sucker. And you might be like, but that's not a pun. It kind of is. The the album art is a sucker sucking the soul out of a strawberry. I just want to say I would love to be the artist for these albums because I'm sure Charles comes up and just gives them a name for whatever song or it is and then this guy makes these cartoony fruit pun album arts that look incredible and are hilarious well we're all play the situation it's 3am you're in bed ring 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 uh, uh are you wait who are you I'll be Charles you're Charles I'm the artist okay you said you wanted to be him yeah so go ahead hello <laughs> Bro, bro, I need you to take a strawberry, make him murder every other fruit that you can buy, and it's going to be called 
you know. <laughs> I, that was bad. That was, that was awful. I had the let's pun. Re, let, I, let's read this. I had no, the, we're doing this. We're doing this. Go back, go back. I'm Charles, and you're the art guy. Okay, okay. Ring, ring, ring. Why? It's 3 a.m., bro. 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 All right. I need you to make some art for me. I need it by 4. Pum or am? Pum. Okay, that's 13 hours from now. And am. What? what? <laughs> All right, hold on. The song, or the album, this is going to be a whole album. The album is going to be called Raisin Hell. Raisin, like, you know, the dried grape or whatever it is. And then hell, like, below. And then you, the artist, would just draw this raisin no, that I, had... I'm the artist, bro. Then, then tell like, me what you're drawing. I'm like, bro, I, I got you. Let me go drink four pots of coffee... Probably do some sort of drugs, hmm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna get you your shit, don't, and it's it's gonna be the best shit you've ever seen. Don't forget to eat some raisins. Oh, fruit is harmed during the making of this album cover. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so no, like for real though, his all of the album artwork is great. There's angry like genocidal fruit in most of it. My favorite is this. I think it's a single. Is fig saw. Yeah, and it's a play on words of Jigsaw from the movie Saw, and it's just like, I think it's like a, it's a fig that has the spirals on his face, and he looks all mad, and he was doing some type of experiments on some other type of fruit, hilarious. But in 2016, first LP, Soul Sucker, and you know, I don't know if I had really listened to Soul Sucker before this because I got introduced to them at their next album. In my first listen through, I th- was like, "Damn, this is good! Like, this might be one of his better works." Comes to say, after listening to everything, it's it's not. But this is where he finds his sound. He finds that chaotic swinkery is what I call one of his sounds. And then he also has the emotional ambience, and he puts both of them in one album. And even it's mostly, if you have a song that's chaotic swinkery, the whole song's chaotic swinkery, and then you'll have a song that's emotional ambience. So he doesn't really mix this in one song, but he mixes like in the album. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I'd say Soul Sucker is definitely where the core of Buried Alive is very present, and you get you get to like see what's going on raw, raw and unrefined. Yeah, but like it's it's still really good. I will say though that Soul Sucker has some of my favorite songs. Um, as even though the album as a whole isn't quite there. Why Are You Still Alive? Incredible song. Oh, that song is so good. Krusty was an incredible song. And Hump. Also, great song names. I didn't like I don't I didn't think Hump was up there in my favorites, really? but Krusty's pretty good. And Why Are You Still Alive is Why Are You Still Alive was like yeah. the cream yeah, of the crop, yeah. yeah. Um so then we move on to Fool's Guild. Fool's, Fool's Guild. Guild. This is where you showed me them. Yes, Fool's Guild is also my first album that I heard by them. But I don't know how I found it. Really? I know that you showed me this band, and I didn't know that Charles, after he left Reflections, did anything. And then you showed me them, and then I kind of like did my own research on like who they are and found out it was Charles. I was like, oh my god, I love Reflections. Like, I, I now love these guys more. What the heck? Yeah, so Fool's Gold is a complete refinement of Soul Sucker. Yes. I don't think the sound is moving in a different direction yet, 
like the the newer influences have not yet taken hold. There's inklings of it, but it hasn't fully taken hold. I I find Fool's Gold to be a complete refinement of Soulsucker in every way. I don't want to say that makes it completely better, but you can tell everything is just getting amped to the next level. And Fool's Gold is, I think, it's not my favorite album, but I think it's like the the centerpiece. Like if I want to show someone Buried Alive and I don't want to show them like the fucking crazy shit he's on now, Fool's Gold is a great starting point because you get everything mixed in like good proportions, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, and I would agree. I think Fool's Gold is where he takes those two styles in Soul Sucker, the chaotic swankery and the emotional ambiance, and he now mixes them within the same songs. So you'll have songs that have both in it and it just enhances them in every single way. And you really start to see his experimental side come out, but not much. It mm-hmm. happens here and there, but not a ton. But I'm going to disagree. You said it's not... I think this is one of his best albums. And we'll get to the, my ranking of the albums a little bit later. Did you rank him? No, but I, I'll rank him on the plan. Yeah, so like, it's, it's up there. This also has some of my favorite songs, When Guidance Leaves, Shitler, Great Name, and Salida. Or Salida. I don't know how you pronounce that. But either way, like, you're ex- you are 100% right. Take It's Soul Sucker 2.0 and Incredible Album. Mm-hmm. But now we get, and I'll, I'll say it now, my favorite album. Your favorite album? Berries Alive. Almost the self-titled. Which really confused me. Because <laughs> I found them when this album came out, but I listened to Fool's Gold first. Okay. And then I listened to Barry's Alive, and I'm like, did they misspell their name on Spotify or something? Like that? I didn't know it was happening. This was the first album we reviewed, or the only album, I think, that we reviewed by him as well, Barry's Alive. I just remembered how I found this band. How? The song God Jam It. Good song. But it was off Barry's Alive, so technically I listened to one song off Barry's Alive first, but then I did Fool's Gold full listen first. But I just remember... Watching, I found this song on YouTube, and it was just called God Jam It. And I'm like, that's hilarious. I have to click on this. And I clicked on it, and my face did this. Because it was just fruit puns all over? No, like... Oh, the song made your face do yeah, that. Yeah, it was like, for, for the listeners, how would you describe this face? Jaw-dropping, just hit the floor. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And I like, will I, say God Jam It will do that to you. And I, I watched the song. I, no joke, watched that video five or six times in a row and I was just like I was in awe that you could make this these noises um yeah so I think Barry's Alive is my favorite because this, this album sounds different than every other album true this album he takes the chaotic nature to a new level mm-hmm. and the experimental nature to a new level. Mm-hmm. And he also adds, it's very angry. This mm-hmm. is his most aggressive and like, if you like horror, this would be the album to go to. Even I know you don't like horror, which is kind of funny, but like, it's just that feeling of like cha- chaotic aggression is this entire album. And it's, I love that. I love that album to album, he just has different styles. I also love that he put out three albums in three years. 2016 Soul Sucker, 2017 Fool's Gold, 2018 Barry's Alive. He puts out stuff every year. And like, again, these songs are fucking 
wild. So the fact that they don't take seven years for each song is nuts. And it's not only instrumental. He does do vocals with yeah. him as well, which is impressive because I would never have considered him a vocalist. And even listening to his earlier work, I still wouldn't really consider him a vocalist, but he does a really good job of putting these odd vocals into these really well-written instrumental songs. Yeah, I'll, I'll say vocals isn't his strong suit, but he definitely owns it and makes it work within the context of a song. Yeah. Um, so I think Barry's Alive is so good because this is where his guitar playing just fucking went off the wall. There's so much weird shit happening here. Um, like, for example, the song Dingleberries. Great song name. There's like a, a breakdown section where like you're just getting onslaughted by all these notes and you're just like, what is happening? I don't understand. And this gets great. I don't know. Maybe this is just because I'm a guitar player. And like, this is, there's literally, every time my mind is blown, I listen to the next song and it like, then it knocks my socks off. And then like my other sock get knocked off next song. I doubt if, if your favorite style is his chaoticness and, like, the incredible guitar playing, this will be your favorite album, I feel. For me, my favorite style by him is that mixture of, like, the good guitar playing with the emotional ambiance, and that's not really in this album, so that's why it's not as high on my list. Yeah, I will say there are songs on this album, though, that are that fit your bill of that. There are but songs, but there is... Over, the majority is not. Right. My favorite song was Arm Strawberry. <laughs> Like strob, like strawberry, but like strawberry, like robbery and strawberry, yeah. strawberry. Um, another a year later comes out with something else, make it work EP. Um, I remember this one because this was the first release after I had started following him on Spotify. So like, Barry's Alive came out and. This was the first real thing where I was like getting all those on my release radar, so I was getting these singles, mm-hmm. and the EP comes out, and man, I really enjoyed this. I remember listening to this a lot while in school, and it he goes back, he goes back to the fool's gold style, but um, make it work is fully in that emotional ambiance, like a hundred percent, with very tasteful swankery. Not chaotic swankery, Correct. tasteful swankery. And I didn't like this release as much. Really? I love this release. This is, I'm going to tell you, this, I mean, is I my, didn't, this is my favorite release. I didn't dislike it, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm all for the, the, the guitar concoctions <laughs> he comes up with. Yeah, so I think it's only like two or three or four songs. Uh, my favorite would be Insanity. That song was truly Insanity. And then finally... Well, kind of finally. Right. Final album slash EP. Right. Uh, Fuego came out last year, mm-hmm. 2020. Not for me. So now we get to his new influence. And I would say it's a mixture. It's like hip hop and trap. Yeah. So it's rap Which style influences. sometimes is really, really good. He does it really good in some songs, but then other songs, it is just way too much for me. Like... I would say, edge case-wise, you get some really, really interesting and good songs. On the average, though, I'm not a fan of this, personally. I, I think would, it works really good for his music, but that I'm, that's what I'm not here to listen to Buried Alive for. 
I will say though, I, even though we both said we don't really care for it, it is another style that he is doing and he does it extremely well. Yeah. And that's that totally fourth style. Right. Like he, he's constantly experimenting and constantly changing his sound, but not ever abandoning old sounds. He's just revamping them and yeah. bringing them in in new ways. And I don't really have much to say about Fuego because I didn't really... I didn't care for it, to be honest. I mean, I didn't hate it, but I only listened to a couple singles here and there. But to your point of, like, he's not abandoning who he was, all of his new singles take his old stuff and merges it with the new sound on Fuego. Mm -hmm. And Fuego is kind of becoming a soul sucker Mm -hmm. because this new stuff is so good and it incorporates every single one of his styles yeah and like even his like slower emotional stuff is now getting amped up with the angriness of like Barry's alive but not necessarily the chaotic I don't know his newer the new not his their because it's a two person it is two person yeah um their newer stuff like uh Blood Orange and Illuminati Illuminati sorry thank you Illuminati are just they're great. And, and Fixall. And Fixall, yeah. But merge, like, I don't even... Fixall merges um, Barry's Alive and Fuego. It's got that evil, mm-hmm. chaoticness with the... I don't think it has the trap elements that much, but it, maybe a little bit. Definitely Blood Orange and Illuminati, but even not that much. I feel like... I feel like he's definitely regressing more into the Barry's Alive style with smaller tidbits of his new style. And... Maybe it, that's why I'm, I'm loving it's it. It's working. But let me say this. So what, how many releases did he have? That uh, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So seven album and EPs, five albums. Or no, sorry, four albums, three EPs. He has 17 singles that didn't show up on any of those. So th- from 2016. Did you count Ancient Skies? I did, and I'm still going to. Yes, I, I wanted to talk about that specifically. So, from 2016 all the way to 2021, there's 17 singles that didn't make it on a release, and that's one. Of, that's one of those things where, like, if you look at your release radar after following him, it, there might be a single there. And do you want to just go down the list and kind of talk about? It? Did you listen to all of them? I listened. Like, I'm looking at this, and I think there's only one or two, maybe three that I can't mind map so maybe I heard them but don't remember today I went I added all of them to a queue and just listened to them and kind of I put either uh, great good awful awful <laughs> um, okay like kind of what I thought about it mm-hmm. first off is Ancient Skies which the song Ancient Skies is actually on the Snazberry's EP and it's the first song on the EP but on the EP it's 3 minutes and like 40 seconds the Ancient Skies single is 8 and a half minutes but what's interesting is it kind of sounds like Ancient Skies from Snozberries was kind of like deleted, rearranged, copy-pasted into this longer, more thoughtful, in my opinion, better done yeah. work of art. And I would, that single, the the actual single version, the eight and a half minute, one of my favorite songs by him. I would probably agree. There's so many songs that it's kind of hard to say, but it has that emotional ambiance, it has the chaotic swankery. And it's just such a long song without ever feeling like a chore to listen to. It was the whole time I was entranced. But you have Atrophy Atrophy, from 2016. Mm-hmm. That one, it didn't hit me as much. I think that was um, more of a Soul Sucker style song. Mm-hmm. I said it was pretty good. Then you have 
in 2016, Blood Tears Champagne featuring Philip Solo. I don't know who that is. Nope. That was awful. Yep. Did you? Yep. Yeah. Totally agree. It was, for me, it, it was, a. this was his first attempt at that trap style, but it wasn't good yet. Mm-hmm. He didn't master it. It was really just, a, it sounded like a, as if a really bad um, rap artist just tried rapping over one of his but like, chaotic songs. That's fine. Please continue trying new styles and making new music. Not for me. Just saying that like this seemed like the first attempt. Right, right, right. Um, and then Suicide Crown featuring Philip Solo. I actually didn't listen to that one. I missed that one. Yeah, me too. Oh. But I, I think I might have skipped it because of the feature, and I thought it might have been lumped into the same style of music. Yeah, I'm not but sure. I, I totally I've not it. listened to this one. Uh, let, so then this one is one of my favorites because of who's featured. Let's Get Bananas featuring CJ McMahon from Thy Art is Murder. This one's really good. It is really good. He does, I I would say this is probably closer to Fool's Gold again in mm-hmm. style. Yep. And then you just have CJ over the whole song in the background screaming. It's not in the foreground. It's just in the background and you it adds a little bit of flavor and at the very end of the song, he goes bananas, and then he just puts these powerful screams on, and it was really fun. Like, ah, great it's, song. It's funny to hear you say flavor, and how we're talking about like fruit puns. I wish I could do better fruit puns throughout <laughs> this. Uh, so round one and round two both feature Joshua Travis. Hold on, hold on. Why is there no standalone singles between 2017 and 2020? There's a huge jump. But yeah, so then next is round one and round two. Two separate singles, both featuring Joshua Travis. Who's Joshua Travis? He's the guitarist from Emir? Im- Im- yes, Emir. I don't know how to pronounce it. You're right. But yeah, so like heavy, low-tuned, beefy guitars. It's like a very heavy... And this also brings in that art, that hip-hop style, kind of, but in a very bouncy and punchy way yeah so this is really just like ja- joshua <laughs> joshua travis laying down some great rhythm guitar while charles is just going nuts going yeah and it's round one it's a, it's good nothing nothing crazy but nothing bad and then round two is basically round one but twice as fast and twice as heavy agreed round two is the better one way better and twice as fast and heavy aren't always good, but in this case, it was mm-hmm. way good. Way better. <laughs> way good. <laughs> it was, like, way good, bro. Then he does another single in 2020 with Joshua Travis, Surgery on a Grape. I didn't remember too much of that one. Like, it kind of came and went. I thought it was good, but I didn't... It was just kind of there. Agreed. I, I thought it was... a. It fit his formula. Mm-hmm. Or it fit the formula of what, like, Joshua Travis was doing in those... I don't know. I kind of feel like round one, round two, and surgery could have been like a little small little EP together. Should have been. I really would love to see him re- like bring more features and like work with artists more. Imagine working with Tom Morello. That would be badass. That would be wild. That would be badass. Uh, then Fig Saw, another single from 2020. Best album art, I'm going to say it. He's got some good ones too. Yeah, the singles are great because every single has unique album art. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You get a lot of cool little pieces of art. Um, I thought that song was good. It, it that had his like angry chaos type mm-hmm, style mm-hmm. from Barry's Alive. Then you got Grape Digger from Twenty Twenty. Again, that one didn't hit me very well. Agree. That, I thought that one was just okay. I, I don't even know what style that was. It was kind of just its own little like nonchalant like. Uh, 
I don't remember too much. A plus for the puns and the, and the artwork. Oh yeah, great artwork. Um, then you got Princess Blanket. I have not heard this one. 2020 wasn't that great. It was it was good. Nothing crazy. The artwork was lame. The mm. song name was lame. Mm. Doesn't feel like a buried alive song. Mm. Uh, then it back to the puns. Bomber granite. Like pomegranate and bomber. Yeah. Uh, another single from 2020. Another good one. Nothing that stood out, but solid. Yeah, I don't think. Like I think every song on Barry's Alive kind of stands alone in like a cool technique. I don't think this one stands alone. I think mm. it fits fits the mold, but doesn't stand out, in my opinion. That's fair. And it almost sounds like it might have been like a B side. Mm-hmm. Now, from now on, and I'm pretty sure this is the order that they were released. I could be I could be wrong. The rest of the songs are great. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Some of his best songs he's ever Agreed. done. Agreed. Preserves from 2020, great song. Ever Under from 2020, and so I don't. Do you remember the style of Preserves? I I can't recall. Ever Under was like um, the Make It Work EP, very uh, the emo ambiance, yep. but just done it again in a great way. Hugo, little not as good as the other four that I'm gonna mention, but like solid as a rock. Then the first song from 2021, Blood Orange. This is where he's starting a kind of a new style again, where you already mentioned it, taking that berries alive, um, angry chaos, and mixing it with the trap elements of Fuego. Because this is the one where he was complaining about haters, right? Or is that Illuminati? I don't remember. Okay, I get I get these two mi- like the song titles mixed up, but one of them he's talking about. Um, he's like, okay, I'm just gonna look up lyrics so I know for a fact. Give me just give me a second. Yeah, but. Also, the Blood Orange... Oh, okay, yeah. So, Blood Orange. Um, the lyrics go, Haters all claim my shit is sped up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, talking about his guitar playing, like I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So, he makes a whole song about about this, and it is wild. One of the fastest songs. What, like, the guitar... He truly made the guitar sound like a trap instrument. Mm-hmm. And I know I know Polyphia is trying to do this a lot, too, where they take their guitar and try to make it sound like a rap instrument. And these are like just two extremes on how you can do that. Polyphia is more like soulful and like very tasteful traditional guitar playing. And then Buried Elias over here just like fucking making new instruments up. And I don't know. It's great. It's intense. So Blood Orange kind of, if I had to pick a, what a new album Would sound style like? it will sound like, I think Blood Orange might be the best combination of styles for my personal taste. I wouldn't say it's the best for me, but I would definitely want it to be the next thing that he puts out. Um, and then Eliminati came out. This one came out like a week or two ago, I think. <laughs> really great song. Also, just really quickly, I have the lyrics up. You get such delicious lines as, Act like a banana, get treated like one. <laughs> also, If you fuck with a berry, you're going to get picked. Yeah, so like... It's cheesy, it can be cringy, but such good puns, yeah. and he actually releases every single um, album or EP as instrumental as well. So if you don't care for his lyrics or vocals, don't have to worry about it. You got all the instrumentals, which I don't listen to. I always listen to it with vocals. Same. I mean, it's cool that he puts it out, but I, again, while I don't think he is a great, necessarily, vocalist, I, I find that core to the style of music. Yeah. So that's everything by him. I would probably, <laughs> probably. He's one of my favorite guitarists. Like, yeah, I, 
I kind of wish he would be in a like a full band, but at the same time I don't because Buried Alive is so good on its own. How would you rank the discography? What's your least favorite? Hmm. Probably Fuego. Mine too. It, it's his newest, which is kind of um, unsettling in a but sense. But like, I don't hate it. No, I it's don't. just my least favorite. Right, I don't hate it at all. I just, I would choose to listen to anything else over it. And then after Fuego, it's going to be Snozberries. Mm, I said Soul Sucker. Just because it's so early and him starting out by himself, it's just super rough around the edges. I will agree that it's rough around the edges. And so I would say Soul Sucker is my uh, second to least favorite. Snozberries would be right after that. And the reason is because Snozberries offers something that you don't get in any of the other works that he does that Soul Sucker does. Like, it, it's nothing that you don't find somewhere else. But Snozberries is. And it has those influences from the Sumerian bands that I love, even though it might not be Charles. Kind of weird. Yeah, so you're going to be mad at me for the next one. Don't tell me it's Make It Work. It's not. Oh, okay. It's Selfishness. Oh, that's fine. I thought you said you really like that one. I do. Okay. But it's, I understand why it's there. That one is also a little rough around the edges, but that was his second EP, so what are you going to do? Um, next on my list. So, Worst is Fuego, then Soul Sucker, then Snozberries, then Berries Alive. Right through my heart, bro. I know. And it's not that I don't like it. Don't get me wrong. I love I it. It's just... You had to put it down so low because I like my it. Fa- yeah, that's <laughs> it. My favorite style is that emotional ambience, and that's not in this album. Not much, at least. And the other three that I have above it, it's... just This is getting thing. too confusing for me, and I'm part of this conversation. Just worst to best in a run. Go for it. All right. Worst. Fuego, then Soul Sucker, then Snozberries, then Berries Alive, then the Selfishness EP, then Fool's Gold. My favorite is Make It Work EP. For some reason, if I choose, I would always choose that EP to listen to. Fool's Gold to close second. Nice. And you? Bottom to top. Mm-hmm. Fuego, Snozberries, Selfishness, Soul Sucker, Make It Work. Fool's gold. Berries alive instrumental. <laughs> Berries alive. <laughs> well, if you take out that instrumental, nah. we both have fool's gold second. High five. I just really wanted to drive home the point that I really like. Berries alive. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but again, if blood, if the style of Blood Orange becomes his next album, I think that overtakes Berries alive. I'm gonna dig it. I, it'll depend on what plays around it, but like, I I'm definitely gonna dig it. I, I might cheat for the hot take in metal grade this week. That's fine. You can do whatever you want to do. I will say, though, if you haven't listened to Buried Alive, do it. Absolutely impressive guitarist. I would love to see him go on tour with, like, Polyphia, Chan. I mean, not Chan. Polyphia, um, Ola England, stuff like that. And Jordan's face right now looks like he's about to shit himself. <laughs> Well, I was going to put Buried Alive on the Metal Greats, but I already have. Uh, and I don't want to double dip. Yeah, you did. What song did you put? God Jam It. <laughs> God Jam It, indeed. You are about to put Blood Orange, weren't you? I was. Yeah. Um, do you have a hot take this week? 
Well, my whole plan is in shambles right now, so I don't really have anything. Well, okay, I do. I found. Um. So first off, I've. Oh, I know what I do. I've subscribed to the uh, what is it? Distorted Sound magazine, because. I did it solely because they had a Summoning the Lich article in their most recent issue. I read through the whole issue, and my goodness, I found some bands that I never knew that I needed. One of them being Carpool Tunnel, play on words of Carpool Tunnel. Um, it's kind of like a beach bum indie rock. It's like beach bum indie rock with some really good uh, riffage from time to time. I'm going to throw out the song Forget My Name on the hot takes because it's not really metal, but I feel like it's something a metalhead could love. All right, I figured out my stuff. All right. It's going to be a metal great. No hot take? No hot take. All right, what's your metal great? Hymns of the Witches of the West. Coming from an album, United in Chaos by Summoning the Lich. Was so stoked for the album, and it did not disappoint in any way, shape, or form. How the hell are you going to have a song called Hymns? And then in parentheses, of the witches of the West and have it not be an absolutely banger. It is an absolute banger. An absolutely banger. <laughs> I I was super hyped for this album, and not only was I not let down, it exceeded my expectations all the way. And the reason I put hymns is because whenever the album came out, Logan and I were being nerds and playing chess. Every time hymns came on, we like looked at each other in the eyes and go, hymns, right? We were we were listening to the album in the background mm-hmm. and every single time hymns came on we would look at each other mm-hmm. and then be like what's the song and then after like a few playthroughs we always knew that whenever we looked at each other it, it had to be hymns it had to be hymns so we will talk I, if you haven't checked out somebody in the lich yet please 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 do they're from our local area they seem like great guys and they just put out a monstrous concept tech death album that like, for a first offering, oh my god. Incredible. It, people compare them to the Black Dahlia Murder. They're better than the Black Dahlia Murder, in my Shots opinion. Shots fired. In, just my opinion. But they, they're they going to go far. This album is insane. Does it have flaws? Yes. But it has so much character at its core. Uh, Bru- the vocalist, Bruno, is, my god, of another oh my, light. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. don't know how he can do some of the stuff he does. We'll talk more about the album because it's on the review and that mm-hmm. should probably be in, in an episode or two. But check it out. Definitely. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening to us talk for however long it's been. Hour and 15 right now. Ah, hour and 15 minutes. We really do appreciate it. If you liked it and you have Apple Podcasts, dropping a five-star review can help us immensely get to new listeners. If you drop an album, we'll listen to it and give you our thoughts or just give us some feedback. Speaking of feedback, it'd be great to hear from you guys what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what you would like us to do. If you have any ideas for episodes, like you want to hear us talk about something specific, hit us up on Twitter at 2MetalFans or go old school and email us at 2MetalFans at gmail.com. I mean, you can try smoke signals too. Smoke signals, bat signals, pigeons, um, Morse code. No. Through what? I don't know. Something. Just shout the Morse code. <laughs> Just shout the words Morse code. And shout Braille. <laughs> no. But like always, thank you so, so much. We'll talk to you next time. Stay metal.